ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20 plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Back at the desk after being on the road for quite some time. And all next week, I'll be at the Total Expert Accelerate down in San Diego. And then the Mortgage Innovators Conference put on by the California Mortgage Banker Association. Um, I was honored to be uh, asked to be on their board this year, the board of directors. And this is a huge technology show. It's in Anaheim next week. Not this week, next week. So you got time to plan your vacation, in the school, get on out to Disneyland. It's the last great tech show until the fall, literally. Like all the shows pack up and they're kind of done for the summer. So um, got a lot going on. I got a couple sessions I was speaking at there and um, headed over to the Total Expert Customer Advisory Board uh, Sunday this weekend down in San Diego after five soccer games. So we got tons of soccer with the kids. Anyway, enough of all that personal stuff. Let's talk about the jobs report last week, okay? That is the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the jobs report for May that comes out on the first Friday of the following month, the first Friday of June. And a piece of data that came out this morning that's kind of going underreported, but was, I think, a really big deal, and that's the ISM services report, okay? So this is non-manufacturing uh, data. So I'll get to that in a second, why it's really important when we're trying to battle inflation. We'll talk about where the Fed's going to go, what reports are coming up. I'll make some predictions later this year, and I'll even make some predictions for next year as we get close to the summer solstice, June 21st. Not to be uh, confused with the trollstice, which my kids on our trip out to Rancho Mirage on Memorial Day weekend, we watched trolls like 17 times. Anyway, so the jobs report that came out last Friday is 339,000 jobs created in the month of May. Now, remember, there's like two surveys that are like components that make up this uh, report. And it's really the second half of April and the first half of May. And it takes some time to compile the data. And then they put it out into the May report. That's why I always throw up the air quotes. Because not just May, right? Like the 1st to the 31st and then, bam, two days later on Friday, June 2nd, the data is there. That's not how it works, especially with our government. Anyone trying to do anything with our government it takes a long time and you go to these uh, different bureaus and departments to just get things done. So the data headline number was strong. But if you look underneath, there's some really key data that's important. The reason why labor um, is trying to be broken by the Fed to fight inflation is because what they call the wage price spiral. Um, too, uh, too many jobs open with less workers out there, which means you remember you just quit a year ago and just go find another job immediately. It's not that easy anymore. Um, and it's getting less easy to do that. So wage inflation growth is a data point in the jobs report. And it went up 0.2%, um, I believe, less than expected. So 4.3%. So that difference um, in year-over-year -year growth, okay, obviously 4.3% uh, inflation growth is less than our 5 to 5.25 um, Fed funds rate. And the fact that it didn't grow as fast there's also less hours being worked. So you kind of do the math. You go, okay, workers aren't getting paid. The, the growth slowed. There's less hours being worked. 
That could be translated into what Elliot Eisenberg said was 400,000 jobs lost. So the data basically showed 339,000 jobs created, but because there's less wage growth and less hours being worked, that's like the equivalent of losing 400,000 jobs. Um, our good friends at MBS Highway, I think they put their number in their math at like 380,000. So, um, so did we, so did we really gain 339,000 jobs? Um, if you've got 400,000 that are being reduced just by hours being reduced. Now, today's the first Monday of the month. I am on hour 15 here. Uh, probably got an hour to go um, before I leave and then go home, and then I'll be listening to videos and podcasts on the way home. <clears throat> but our senior management meeting is the first Monday of the month. And so here's where I think some of my videos um, have some resonance with the audience. Um, I'm one of the shareholders here. I'm a C-level executive, and I share some things. Um, not everything, but some things. And, you know, when you talk about jobs and you talk about being right-sized as a company, uh, and this is not a humble brag, this is talking about um, how brutal the last half of last year was for our entire industry, um, we had uh, 1 billion and I believe $45 million in loans uh, funded last month. Now, we had done some modeling last year to try and be around 650, 700 with the right-size company. Now, um, What's interesting is you can kind of flex up to a billion or flex down by doing a couple things without having to get rid of our teammates. So if you um, look at, all right, let's hold back on overtime or let's go to a 32-hour work week. Those are things you can do in the lean months like a January or February, but then keep your team together so then you guys can flex up and everybody can crush it in a month like we did in April and May, and June's looking to be good too. It's the middle of spring purchase season. So we feel really good about where we are as a company, and I think most companies do as well. Now, the second half of this year, seasonally is slower, okay? So the difference between this year and last year is that we have more, uh, we have 436,000 listings out there. Um, there is demand that's been pent up, and every time rates come down to a certain level, which since the debt ceiling deal has been done, which I didn't mention anything about in my last video, we've noticed its rates have been coming down. So these rates have been in this range where builders are building at a high level over 600,000 units that they're building, 436,000 listings. And uh, the capacity really is there's too many loan officers in the business. That's the real capacity. And so um, as far as operations, there's still, uh, we think um, at our company, many companies, we think we're all in the sweet spot. And uh, as a capacity model, that's a great place to be. So the second half of this year is not going to be as challenged as last year because um, rates aren't well up over seven and it's volatile. The market kind of understands where we are and rates have started to come down a little bit since the debt ceiling deal got done. Wage inflation um, data like we saw in the jobs report or the jobs report numbers, which shows the Fed may be winning their battle um, against inflation from a wage standpoint, also tend to get the rates to stay low. And what else does? That ISM, the non-manufacturing non data, also known as services data. Services is the biggest source of inflation right now. Uh, Four-fifths of our economy, 80% of our economy um, is done through services. You know, leisure, hospitality. Um, it's not just goods, right? So we know that goods um, have been coming down um, all the manufacturing numbers for raw goods have been under that number 50 in those, ind in those indices, which is a sign of contraction. Well, today, the services index was at 
50.2, just a smidge above contraction. The consistent uh, consensus estimate was supposed to be 52, and it came down 1.8% month over month. Now, that's a big number to go from April to May and have the services inflation data, the services data, come down that much month over month. Plus, we have a CPI number coming out on June 13th, and the very next day, June 14th, the Fed has their number. The CPI data is made up mostly of housing data. And remember, that's a 12-month index. So you take out, you would take out uh, May of, uh, of 22, which is a large number, like, like 1% or 1.2% or 0.9%, and you replace it with a number where we know home prices um, aren't uh, as raging hot inflation like they were a year ago. Same thing with rent and owner's equivalent rent. So these data reports coming out here for the CPI, the, the June and July readings for May and June data, are going to bring inflation down. This jobs report with the weakening of um, hours worked and wage inflation also is a weakening. And if I look at the CME tool right now for the June 14th meeting, there's a 75% chance the Fed does nothing and they do not raise even 25 basis points. Stock market could rip. We know there's like eight stocks right now carrying like 54% of the NASDAQ 100 and 25% of the S&P. So if, if this inflation deal starts to come down and we start to battle it and win that battle and we still have a decently strong economy, those Fed funds rates are too high. So now when is the Fed going to cut? There's a pretty cool uh, thing that went out from Elliot Eisenberg a couple weeks ago um, on May 15th. I kept it up here. The median length of time from the Fed's last rate hike, which would have been a month ago if they don't raise here on June 14th, dating back to 1957, is four months. Now, one of my most respected um, uh, stock subscription services, uh, Louis Navalier at Platinum Growth Club, he thinks the cut will come in December. Um, and so if a cut comes, uh, first of all, if there's a pause and then a cut comes within four months or maybe who knows when, interest rates are going to improve. And this second half of this year is going to be a lot better than we think. And I think next year will be the fourth biggest year in history for mortgages. And it's going to feel even better because a lot less people fight for those loans. Have a good night. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Culver City. It is Thursday evening, late here. Going to have a little project update. It is the day. You can see we got some landscape, hardscaping. Starting to take form. Um, I know we've been following this little fix and flip. It's our first one. This is the day. We had like 15 people here earlier today just knocking things out. The house got staged today. Uh, we got a guy taking photos for the listing. We're putting the listing out tomorrow. I had to go get $4,000 in cash to hand out to some of the people that are here. They're helping out at the end. So um, drove out here late afternoon and uh, brought some, uh, some, you know, tequila and bourbon, a little glass of wine, a bottle of wine. We're going to celebrate this thing later with uh, Britt and Jason. But before I give you the full tour, I'll kind of walk around while I'm talking so you can see what's going on in the background uh, while I'm talking. So um, stock market is ripping. Um, I am not a financial advisor. I'm not responsible for your losses, only your pri uh, profits. And um, what I will tell you is um, the market is ignoring all the bearish case of what's going on in the economy. And... You know, inflation is receding. That's a big part of it. If inflation continues to go down, then the Fed doesn't have to raise rates. Now, they still may go next week. Remember, next week's the big meeting. Uh, we have a CPI reading 
consumer price index reading. Um, love that tree, by the way. We're going to put a spotlight on that and make it, make it shine. Um, and, uh, that is a huge reading on Tuesday, the consumer price index, which is mostly, um, housing, uh, data. But the May 2022 comp that's being removed with this May's data is pretty high. So we should see um, another significant drop in the CPI index next week. And then the Fed has their um, their statement that they give in their Q&A session the very next day, um, which I believe is Wednesday. So uh, here's all upstairs stuff right here. So inflation is receding and jobs data is looking a little weaker. Now, my video on Monday night, we talked about the jobs report that came out last Friday, that less hours are being worked, that um, there is a slower wage growth that's not keeping up um, with inflation, um, and certainly not the Fed funds rate. And that is, um, you know, followed by today's jobless claims where they were higher than they've been since 2021. So you're getting some softening in labor. Um, I wouldn't call it weak. Um, this opens up in this where the uh, washer and dryer are. And here's the other side of the Jack and Joe. We were just in here. Um, so we staged this thing. We're trying to put product on the market. Um, since the debt ceiling debacle was uh, finalized, we've seen rates um, come down a little and trade in a range. So they didn't go up. And if the Fed starts to soften their stance and they end up not um, raising next week, um, look at this pool table. It's kind of cool to stage that. Look at that. Nice view. Nice little shades. We actually put window dressing in here. If they um, if they don't raise, well, you know, it, does that send the signal of certainty that the fight for inflation is done? That this is the market rate. This is what Treasury yields. You know, guys, they got the Treasury's got to sell a bunch of Treasuries and refill their coffers. Remember, we almost ran out of money with this debt ceiling. Like literally, the U.S. government had a deadline because they were running out of money. So now they've got to sell treasury debt on the open market and compete against other currencies around the world for those uh, that money invested in treasuries and fixed income securities. Uh, you know, Canada and Australia raised their um, interest rate and um, Canada was unexpected when it happened the other day. Um, and that was because they're fighting inflation. But my conspiracy theorist inside me says that you know, remember, the Fed is trying to keep the dollar, the reserve currency of the world, king dollar. And if they've got to fight against higher yielding other assets from other countries, maybe they raise a quarter the next two meetings to make sure that our yield is still higher than our competing, um, uh, you know, nations. All right. There's some noise going on here, but let's go into the, into the primary bedroom. I think you have to say primary nowadays. Um, so... Let's go in there. This is pretty cool. Check out these sliding windows. All right. Look at this. There's Brett. Hey, Brett. Is that Rebecca? No, you're on LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> J Jason and Brett are experienced. They're the ones that experience. It's all right. You keep firing away. It's all good. All right. Yeah. Um, we're in staging mode here, but look how gorgeous this is. Look at that. So ADU in our business, accessory dwelling unit, that's an ADU down there. And uh, in California, you're allowed to put these in. Well... Um, Jason and Britt do a good job of putting them in on a lot of their properties. Look how those sliding windows came out. I'll, I'll get down there if I can before I run out of my 10 minute video. Um, so um, let's let's talk a little bit more about, um, oh, well, hold on. Let's talk about this bedroom. I mean, that, look at that. That's freaking. What's up? What's up, boys? Looking good. Looking good. All right, here we go. 
gorgeous master or primary bathroom, whatever you're supposed to say. So we're gonna frost that window so you can't be seen naked while you're showering, but you've got some green space. Green space over there on top of the ADU. Look at this. Here's the hers closet, which she's bigger, but she gets to contend with the toilet. And here's the his closet. Look at this nice little use of space up there. Just an extra little, little space to throw down. Okay, so why, why is the stock market ripping? What's going on with the stock market? There's more certainty. There's more certainty. If the Fed is gonna pause, there's certainty that uh, where rates will land. And remember, investment dollars fight every day whether to go to seek higher yield and risk on into the equity market, the stock market, or to not risk losing money and go to a safe haven like treasuries. And if we know that treasuries are gonna be worth X and the Fed's done raising, then maybe some people wanna take a little bit more risk. Uh, you notice that um, six, oh, there's, there's Jason, he likes to be, he likes to be behind the scenes, but he's, today's his, oh, thanks. Today's his day. Today's his day, his baby's coming together. Look at that bar, look at that bar. This is freaking sweet. Fire, fire pit right here. Um, fireplace, excuse me. Um, and then here's our office right here. Look at this. How about this for a nice little space to work? Big giant sliding doors yet again. And um, bear with me, I got just a couple minutes here. Um, so here's, we've got some photography going on. Here's the, the great room. So here's, this whole thing is now open. And here's the great room. Uh, those slide open and the TV is in there. It's all staged now. The kitchen's dialed in. Look at the sink, this little cutting board. Uh, butler's pantry back here. This is an entertainer's dream. And of course, I did my part. Not only did I bring cash to pay off some trades, we brought some some goods to have some fun. And then I don't. It just there's this breeze coming through here right now in this open air. It's gorgeous. We power washed the deck today. Here's the pool. There's a party Thursday, but I can't make it because the mortgage innovator conference. Be there next week. Uh, but they will be celebrating here with this nice little. Okay. They have a keg in there and look at how these doors open up and you got all this pretty freaking cool anyway. All right. So I'm gonna give you a finish in two minutes here. Look at that. Nice little automatic lights. Okay. So, um, so the stock market's ripping. It's about eight companies that are holding up 54% of the NASDAQ 100 and about 25% of the S and P. And those companies have free flowing cash and they create deflationary technology, which we're going to talk about technology at the Mortgage Innovator Conference next week uh, because it is something you have to keep investing in even in our business to make sure you cut costs, reduce uh, time, uh, compress time, reduce friction, and scale your business. That's my saying. So um, those technology stocks are flying right now. They're starting to see some breadth in the markets where some of the smaller caps are starting to get some money ingested into them. Um, you know, could we still have a, a light recession? It's possible, which recession is good for our business and um if rates do come down, and I do think next year will be one of the biggest years on history, probably our fourth biggest year um, when the Fed finally does cut the rate. Um, what are some other things to talk about? VIX is a volatility stat, V-I-X. Um, it is below 15 for the first time in a year. That means there's less volatility because there's been more certainty. Um, China reopening didn't really happen because they have a demographic problem. Remember their China One policy where they were literally throwing... Uh, girl babies um, off cliffs because they wanted uh, to have more boys. Well, now they have too many boys and not enough people having kids. So their population is in decline. They have a real estate asset bubble. 
and um, their authoritarian government is fully okay with not messing with their monetary policy. So they've got some problems. They didn't reopen like we thought they would after they did their COVID policy. And, um, and so U.S. is a place to be. We got king dollar. Real estate's good. I know it's still tough out there. It's hard to find product. Uh, but we've got some good information coming out. Next week's going to be a firecracker. I'll get with you on Monday from San Diego and Anaheim. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.